0: Welcome to the Seller Roundtable E-Commerce Coaching and Business Strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees.
1: So, I mean, let's get into the warehousing and 3PL side of the business. I mean, so many questions. There are so many sellers out there um, that have questions about this, that aren't sure how to find a 3PL, who aren't sure uh, how, how much they should be storing, what they should be doing, um, so let's just talk a little bit about, you know, what is a 3PL and what kind of services do you offer and what do people come to you for?
0: Right. Okay. So uh, 3PL, th- third-party logistics. Uh, it's really funny when we were putting our name on the door, uh, I you know, I, I kind of gave them the logo and I wanted and 3PL below it and they spelled it out, third-party logistics. So I come back and the logo's on the door. I'm like, all right, that looks good. so for a 3PL think of it as you have inventory that you are trying to get or from one point to the other and you need someone to kind of help massage it around whether it's repositioning on pallets whether it's just holding pallets for a certain amount of time uh, or it's taking a container breaking it down um, splitting out the you know the inventory and then it's going to other fulfillment centers and so Um, If you think, you know, comparing to Amazon, Amazon is just a really big logistics company that's moving inventory. So it is positioned really close to uh, the end user. So with the 3PL, you're doing the same thing. We do it on a much smaller scale and do a little bit more of a white glove treatment to it. Uh, But uh, the end goal is to have inventory readily available so that as a a seller, uh, you can have it. Positioned to either A, get to the end user quickly, uh, or B, get into the Amazon network quickly based on uh, if you have a dedicated warehouse you're shipping to and your supplier is on the other side of the world. Uh, we have a few clients who will send us inventory that, so that they can position to go uh, for all their East Coast uh, Amazon warehouses from our facility. Um, and so it saves them transit time. Uh, of course, there is. Uh, less risk of problems when something is going a shorter distance, um, as well as the uh, the ability to constantly be flowing your inventory, kind of a just in time setup so that you can uh, stay on top of what you need, but not have too much, but then be able to react when you need to send more. And so I think that uh, it's a very important thing for any Amazon FBA dealer that is kind of moving out of, you know selling from their house, and they're saying, hey, I need to be able to have more inventory. My garage is overflowing. Uh, but I, I don't know if I want to work with a really big company that does a lot of 3PL business because I want to have someone that understands Amazon and can kind of be a, a relationship for my brand as I grow and, and can roll with the punches because every brand that's starting out, especially in Amazon, is, is going to have the ebbs and flows of inventory Uh, Problems, And uh, I think everybody is seeing that with uh, transit costs from China to the United States right now.
1: Yeah, it's very high.
0: Um, I have a client who is paying uh, for a container on the water, what they paid a year ago to air the products in. Um, And so think about the transit time differences in those two scenarios. So it's pretty
1: wild. Yeah, I would completely agree. It's it's crazy. We had um, Chelsea come from So Stocked and talked to us last night in our mastermind group about, you know, the different level. You can't just send a bunch of stock to Amazon anymore. That, it, those yep. days are so over. And, you know, Amazon is making little promises in the background saying that they're going to change this. And in the future, there might be more warehouse space, but they were not meant to be a warehouse. They were meant to be a distribution center so it's really important that we all figure out our inventory and that we have inventory and buffer stock so that we've got, you know, 90 days 90 days at Amazon or or we make sure we're restocking as soon as we get down to 30 days of stock and we keep buffer stock either at a warehouse or a 3PL in the US so that we're able to keep that going because if we actually run out of stock that impacts amazon calculates our um our sell-through rate and if you're out of stock of one of your products that also impacts how much more you can send in because how much you sell through is actually calculated into your uh restock rates so i didn't even realize that i i did not realize that if i stocked out of one of my products and i was out of stock for let's say a month or longer that now how much of that product or any product I could send back in was actually limited. So what a 3PL allows you to do is merchant fill and keep buffer stock along, you know, around Amazon if possible. And then also to sell on other channels. So if you are selling on Walmart, if you're selling on eBay, you were just talking about returns, you know, being able to flip some of your returns and sell those on other channels like eBay Uh, Amazon warehouse deals, something like that, Um, that's great. But if you don't have a process to do that, you can't send those back into Amazon. So we need to have a way to fulfill those sales. Um, So a 3PL is a great way to do that. But that being said, there are warehouses as well, right? So there's warehouses and then there's 3PLs. And if you're just using your warehouse as a storage place and you're seed feeding Amazon, a 3PL might not, you might not need a 3PL. Am I right about that? So if you're just using, um, a holding area for your inventory and you're sending in regular stock to Amazon, a warehouse may be good enough for you. But if you're wanting to process returns, if you're wanting to sell in other channels, if you're wanting to do any kind of merchant field, um, then you should look for a 3PL. Am I right about that, Matt?
0: Yeah. The, uh, the, the difference in the warehouses warehouses and the kind of most of the warehouses are going to have a little bit of a 3PL kind of within their, their, their process. But the, the biggest thing there is they're going to hold stuff for a longer term and they're going to be much larger facilities that are going to have a lot of just space to just store stuff and it sits. And, you know, a lot of the 3PLs, especially that are working into Amazon, uh, are more set up to touch and feel the product a little bit more and solve problems. Um, all the time I see a client, you know, is sending us a shipment uh, and we're getting the labels coming in from a, a rep group that manages the account and the inventory came in from the other side of the world and they're ordering in the wrong MasterCard in quantity. And so then we have to kind of help them solve those problems and determine where the mix up was along the way. Uh, and if you're working with too large of an organization, it's just going to be harder to solve that and, and get your product moving efficiently and quickly. Um, and we really push for timely shipments, whether it's pallets or uh, or master cartons out into Amazon. So,
1: got it. That makes sense. So, a little bit more of a concierge service, or like you are yep. calling it a white club service, compared to a warehouse. So, very good. Yep. Um, awesome. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about your three PL and where it's located, and are you guys taking new clients on right now?
0: So uh, we are, uh, shaw3pl.com uh, is our website, um, but we kind of DBA as Shaw Distribution, and because we do not just 3PL, but we do some distribution for some other companies, and we do a lot of things that are not even related to Amazon. So um, that kind of gives us uh, the ability to help with if you sell something uh, into Walgreens, or um, if you simply need to have inventory re-kitted or repacked, uh, we do lots of things like that for people. Uh, I'm waiting on a deal to come through for Costco, where we will actually receive master cartons of snacks and then make them into the funny little uh, displays that you see when you go in Costco, or you just grab the huge bag of snacks out. So uh, apparently, there's a whole business in that. So uh, yes, we are taking clients. Uh, We're looking for you know the brands that. You know they 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 have Amazon going they're they're established but they say hey I need help I need a I need an East Coast presence or even some people say I need a US presence uh, we have some clients that have no US office at all and we're basically their whole arm of the operation over here so um, it's very interesting because we we meet so many different people and so many different products whether it's a, uh, you know, a wobble stool. Uh, we've worked with the squatty potties stuff before, uh, face masks, uh, you name it, it's on Amazon. And uh, especially if it's any kind of widget that has to flow through a warehouse, um, you know, if you're putting your hands on it, touching it, making sure that any issues are solved, if there are stickering uh, problems. And as you're very aware, you know, Amazon, uh, the sticker requirements are always changing. And there's, all kinds of new programs like the transparency program um, that are designed to kind of help people but sometimes they can be more of a hindrance if you're not very knowledgeable and involved in those And so uh, i like to say that you know clean uh, and concise is the best way to do any of it uh, and that's the way to go
1: yeah you know you mentioned transparency and they have the transparency program and the zero program And we actually were using it for a while, but we stopped using it because it was just so time-consuming and costly, right? Because you have to put a different barcode on every single one of your products. And you're supposed to also have those different barcodes on your products going to retail, And that didn't make any sense to me. I was just like, wow. At first I created a new label for our product with one of the transparency barcodes on it. And my husband said, no, we can't use that because we have to use a different barcode for every single product. And I was like, how are we gonna make that happen? You know, that's insane. So I get it if you're selling a really competitive product. That, you know, where you deal with a lot of hijackers, you know, it might be a, you know, a business saving um, endeavor for you to use transparency or zero. But for us, it was just so much extra work. And we were like, nope, mm-mm. we'll use the patents, we'll use the, the intellectual property to protect us instead of uh, dealing with transparency or zero. But, uh, but that's another thing that you brought up that would be a good reason to have a logistics partner like a 3PL to help you because there's so much that you have to do for those programs,
0: right? Yeah, the, the labeling side of it. I mean, I was in the beta program for transparency a number of years ago and, and I'm emailing with these engineers at Amazon and the back and forth and and just trying to understand the flow of what they're wanting to accomplish with it back then was a mess. And I kind of was turned off, but I feel that you know it may be a better fit for like you say, those highly competitive situations but you know we're using brand registry, trademark, and and all that to uh, to help with uh, the products that we we private label and sell. But um, I've I've had clients in the past that you know are getting ripped off by you know random sellers. And sometimes you know a lot of people have said it's the wild wild west, and it is. But you know if you can ride your horse, uh, then you can get through it. So. <laughs>
1: I love it. So, you know, you've had so much experience selling all kinds of different things on Amazon and also pivoting so I would love to ask your advice for somebody who's new, someone who's just getting into Amazon today, um, what would be your advice uh, for somebody looking to get into the Amazon opportunity
0: so uh, there 's a few sides to that you have the uh, i don 't want to call it arbitrage, but people that are you know finding products that they can source and then compete with other sellers um, so uh, not necessarily something from the dollar store but um, it's it 's pretty easy to get lined up if you dig deep enough and find product lines that someone some distributor will sell to you and you are able to sell those on amazon um, and so getting a uh, you know the volume going where you're saying, okay, we're, we're, we're making a little bit of profit, but it's all going into inventory. Uh, and that's going to happen. And that before you even go to PPC budgets and getting someone to help with your content, uh, you know, get those first sales, get the simple system going. And then as you start to see increases in growth and organic sales, uh, you're kind of going to start doing more of the PPC thing and, I'm a big fan of finding the right partner for that. Uh, I'm sure you're aware there's so many different companies that do, be, that do the analytics there. Uh, and if you're a small, you know, up and coming brand and you're trying to do your private label and you're like, I just don't have time for this, um, you know, hire one of those companies, learn from them, figure out what they're doing and how you can replicate it. And yes, some of them have software, but a lot of it is taking an Excel document and massaging the data so it looks pretty. Uh, and there's a, there's obviously a lot more to that, but you can get a basic understanding from a lot of the tools uh, that Amazon is going to give you on in the PPC side of thing uh, side of things when, when you're when you're launching and you're starting to grow your volume. Um, and it's it's not going to happen overnight. I, I see on way too many forums where people come in and they're like, ah, "I have this product. I'm going to sell so much." Mm-hmm. And you have to have a long road and, and focus your direction um, so that you're going after uh, A, the right products, um, and B, making sure that your pricing is correct. Um, and then you know having the, uh, the background um, with that. I see it. so many people who they have a great idea, but they don't understand the business side of it at all. And so they're kind of like, here's my idea it's out there. And then, you know, you need someone to come in and help you massage the details a little bit uh, to be successful and grow. And there's a lot of coaching uh, that I've seen where, you know, you can, someone wants to sell you something as far as, you know, they're on YouTube and whatnot and watch that stuff, learn from it. And then, you know, spend the time early on to really get into the forums and ask the questions yeah. Um, just browsing on Facebook in the comments for a lot of the seller groups, you'll see a question and be like, Oh yeah, I, I had that question. And there you, you didn't have to pay anybody. You just took the time uh, yourself to do the research. And so I think that, you know, background research, having a good product, a good strategy. I always come back to my marketing background on the four P's, which are the product price placement and promotion, promotion being the PPC side of things. So uh, you get all those to fall into line and you can be successful.
1: Yeah. I love that advice about learning the business first, starting small and learning the business. Um, That's exactly what I did because back in 2007, when I started on Amazon, I was just flipping like textbooks and stuff like that. It was not, it, it was not a business yet. And then when I, in 2017, when I started, when I invented my product and started my own private label brands, I really had to learn it. It wasn't like, Oh, well, I've been selling on Amazon. I totally get this. You know, no, it's, I need to learn it. I need to figure out what is this new business model and how do I do it? And, and that's when I started doing retail arbitrage and wholesale and all different um, types of business models and just dip my, my toe in them so that I could understand how it works, how to read BSRs, how to understand how to look at the page. Like you were talking about the four P's, you know, where is the product placed on the page? Can the customer find it? How do I have to do listing optimization? You know, What does, how do I do search engine optimization? All of that I had to learn and I learned it through starting with other people's products before launching my own. And that way I could get a feel for the category, get a feel for the processes and I still recommend that today because there's plenty of opportunities still out there in e-commerce, whether you're on Shopify, Amazon, or any of the e-commerce channels, there's a ton of opportunity, but the basics are still important to learn. And, um, and if you learn those basics first, you're, you're going to do well. So um, we have Andrew Craig asking a question here. Um, and Andrew, you know, I saw him at Prosper. It was really great. It's good to see that that he's alive after Prosper. Um, I wonder if his voice sounds like mine, but, <laughs> but he says, no, it doesn't. But anyway, he said, I'm starting up my Shopify store. And I know, Matt, you're going to have some good advice for him as well here. I'm sure starting up my Shopify store and I'm going to start shipping out of my garage. Yes, I love that. Um, any advice for the best shipping companies in the U.S. or any other beginner advice? So um, yeah, I'll let you go first, Matt.
0: Okay, all right. So um, I have a number of clients where they have a Shopify storefront and we ship for them. And one thing I love, and there's a number of companies that do this, but I use ShipStation. And ShipStation is a very beneficial because they have group rates for... Uh, UPS, and so I will link my UPS account, and then I will have the ShipStation account, and I'll compare those UPS rates and find the cheapest rate um, when I'm printing those labels. Uh, additionally, you can link in USPS uh, through Stamps.com. That is ideally the way that I'm going to ship anything out of my facility um, that is going as a drop ship, um, because I've been very happy with the integration. Uh, ShipStation will pull in both your Shopify orders and your Amazon orders, um, and your eBay orders. So I can sell a used item on eBay. I can sell a new item, merchant fulfilled on Amazon. And I can have my website pull in a Shopify order. And I go to ShipStation, and they're all there. Um, And I can choose the the rules for the shipping and everything like that. So we'll process out. I print my labels. um, I either give it to the UPS driver. um, We have pickups daily. uh, Someone that's at home is not going to have that. Uh, So either, you know, you figure out where the sweet spot is in your volume to start scheduling those pickups. Uh, And of course, a lot of the sites will let you go on and schedule those uh, as well. Some of them have a fee. um, It's interesting. USPS, we get daily pickups, but um, some, you know, they, they can be spotty if you remember back in the end of the year, USPS was really struggling uh, just because of the demand with everyone being at home. And so we have to thank them for their hard work, but at the same time, have a strategy for our businesses so that we can get product to the end user because, you know, the end user doesn't care. Uh, They're buying something, they expect the kind of the history that Amazon has given them of two days. Uh, So I think that, uh, you know, using ShipStation is a good place to start Uh, to find that if you're doing like LTL shipments, you probably aren't doing that out of your garage. Um, If you are, you have a big garage and um, you probably need a warehouse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I love all the advice that you gave. We actually had ShipStation on the show um, and Andy is a huge fan of ShipStation and that's how he manages all of his shipments um, from multiple providers as well. Um, my advice for you, Andrew, as somebody who does a lot of, um, merchant fulfilled orders is to open up accounts with all like the big three providers. So UPS, FedEx, all the providers, you can actually open up accounts with them. And, um, they, they love, they love serving their business customers their small business customers, and you can actually negotiate better rates with them. So your salesperson for, um, for UPS, for example, they'll contact you and they'll work with you to negotiate better rates. Um, and so like we had a big uh, wholesale vendor account that we were selling through and we contacted our UPS sales guy and we were like, look, you know, uh, we, need, we need better rates because this is really cutting into our, our business. And they gave us better rates than we could even get on Amazon Um, Also look at Shopify. So if you're not ready for ShipStation yet, let's just say that you're just starting on your Shopify store and you just have one product and ShipStation, you're not ready to pay their rates yet to, to, you know, it's not a major operation yet. It's just a few products right out of your garage. Then just start by um, opening up your accounts with the big three. I love what Matt said about stamps.com. Super smart. You can get lots of discounted rates there. You can print your labels right at home. Um, I use a brother laser printer to print all of my labels. Um, It's really easy to do. And um, it's a really affordable printer. Um, And you can even, with UPS, they're my favorite provider, honestly, because with UPS, they give you free labels to use. You just, you can go right on their website and order more, more labels to use. And then they'll also, you can schedule daily pickups with them. So every day we have products leaving the house and we just schedule those pickups with UPS. And so we know our UPS driver very well. He comes by every day and he comes and picks up products right right outside our front door, which is right here. Um, So that would be my advice for you there. Um, Then also there's a couple of other bulk uh, shipping discount um, sites like PirateShip.com is another great one to use um, as well as, like I said, Shopify is going to also offer discounted rates. Uh, but make sure you set up your, your proper labeling system and everything like that and know that you can get free labels from um, some of your providers. So um, hopefully that is is super helpful for you. Uh, and then think about when it comes to Shopify, you know, you are driving that traffic. so. Uh, definitely listen to our episode that we did with uh, Colin Foster because he talks about the best way to get set up on Shopify and you know how to how to build your funnels and everything. Did that answer your question, Andrew? Yes, it did. Thank you guys very much. Awesome. Great having you on the show. Thanks for joining us in the Zoom. All right, Matt. Well, let's just wrap up by having you talk to us about how people can reach you and a little bit more about the Shaw 3pl so um who is your ideal client and um how can people get in touch with you oh wait before we do that before we do that we always ask a question about how you're staying motivated as a business owner right now so are there any podcasts that you're listening to or books that you're reading that uh, are really keeping you motivated
0: so I'm a member of build your life resume and it is uh, Jesse Itzler uh, and a few other members do a weekly it's on Wednesday nights and it's just very inspirational. They'll have lots of endurance athletes on and people that have really cool stories um, there. It, and it's, it's just, it's a very similar format to this. It's a zoom. I think it's at eight o'clock every Wednesday. And I love that because if I'm kind of worn out on the week, and I go in there and I get hyped up by these people that are literally public speakers. They get paid to hype people up. And I get in there and I come out motivated and I, it just, it really is a great reset. So that is my number one go-to. Um, how about you, Amy?
1: Well, I love, same thing, I read a ton of books. I, I haven't heard of Build Your Life <laughs> Resume, so I'm definitely gonna check that out. Um, for me, it's the Scribe app. So, I use the, an app called Scribed, Scribd, S C R I B D, and mm-hmm. um, and it's like six dollars a month, and they have a ton of audiobooks and um, uh, ebooks and everything that you can imagine. And I'm always on there reading a new book, learning something new, um, or listening to a new book. But that's that's my big thing. I'm a big reader, so um, I, and I use Scribd for that because it just there's so much um, available. Um, I used to, when I was first getting started, I used to always listen to podcasts, like in the car on the way to work. I would always listen to podcasts, but now that I work from home, you know, I, I just do that from that side of things. So very good. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for that tip. We're going to definitely check out build your life resume. And, um, it sounds, sounds really awesome. So yes. tap. Oh, Andrew says, I started listening to the E-Myth e- Revisited today. Awesome book. Yes, that was yeah, one of my one. favorite books. Yes, that, that one really made me think of my business as a system. And really, um, yeah, it, it really, really helped me. So that, that was a great recent book that I read as well. Um, so Matt, back to our question that I asked before this one. Tell us, um, you know, who are your ideal clients for Shaw 3 pl Um, what
0: they can expect and how they get in contact with you. Yep. So Shaw 3PL, uh, ideal client is someone that is navigating the Amazon business and they need help with their inventory flow. Uh, That or they need to repack or rekit or, or, uh, you know, go through uh, anything that needs some kind of some touch and feel to get to the end user. It doesn't have to just be Amazon. Uh, We deal with Walgreens. uh, We deal with Walmart. Uh, and a number of other, you know, B2B clients. And so uh, anything in that nature where it's flowing in a container, one pallet, either way, uh, and then, you know, parsing it out and then sending it back out the door to a different destination, um, we can help. Uh, We do drop ships daily uh, and you can reach us uh, ship at shawshipnow.com. Sorry, Shaw 3 ship at shaw3pl.com
1: ship at shaw3pl.com awesome well we will be in touch and thank you so much for being on the show today and and telling us your story about you know how you had so many you've done so many uh you've had so many pivots and I think that that's key for people to understand that you can be successful um and you you can uh you can pivot sometimes, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to move into a different business model um, and and not be afraid to consistently make change. Um, And, and you've profited from that change. And so that's, that's really awesome.
0: Yep. It's it's exciting. I, I, I follow a lot of uh, financial advice on Twitter and a lot of the people will, they'll plug Amazon FBA as, as something that you should have uh, in addition to investing and rental properties and stuff. and if you think about it, uh, it's perfect because you can diversify your revenue streams. And so when one thing is down, something else potentially may be up. Uh, and so I think that uh, those are good things to keep in mind.
1: Very good. All right. well, thank you, everyone for being here. I'm gonna thank stop you. The, I'm gonna stop the live. I'm gonna stop the recording. and um, and for those of you who are here in the Zoom, We will take any of your questions that you have. Uh, We're happy to have you here. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on the Seller Roundtable. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com.